You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. We can't talk about beans around here, especially with me, about me without me saying this. Ladies, you're going to need to eat some beans out of self-defense next week. So... You bring those bean, roll that beautiful bean footage next week. Come on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You bring it. You bring what you got. You know, just uh, if you know me, if you don't know me, you'll get to know me. I have some weird things about me. But one thing is like growing up in church, I got some baggage, especially around church potlucks because people would bring in those mayonnaise-based casseroles and they would sit all afternoon. And so, you know, where you spent the rest of the evening. So don't bring anything like that. You know, tuna salad, mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. Egg salad? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Think about it. It's going to be warm. It's going to be sitting in the sun. You know, help us out. We all got to go to work on Monday. Um, but I, I'm glad you're here. One of the things we do every year is uh, State of the Ministry. And uh, I can just tell you as your pastor, um, the State of the Ministry of the Creek is very strong. And this year what we have done is actually put this on a, a handout. And so this is available at the Welcome Center. And so for those of you that, that are type A, we've got the data, charts, graphs, numbers, figures, all that, all the fun stuff for you guys. And then if you're not type A, we still put like heart data, like, oh, so like 232 decisions for Christ last year um, is an incredible thing. And so um, you can get this at the Welcome Center. And uh, if you have any questions, you'll feel free to email somebody on the team, not me. But um, so, just kidding. You can email me and I'll forward it for you. But uh, so thank you for a great Easter. Uh, as Heather said, it was the largest one. Our second largest service was Saturday at 530 um, which is so awesome for me. Give yourselves a hand. If you came to Saturday or Friday, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, what you did was an incredible thing for the gospel because you helped make space on Sunday for, for people, over 40 people that had not responded to Jesus said, yeah, I'm responding to Jesus. So thank you for doing that. Um, it was an incredible weekend. If you got your Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're starting a new series. If you don't own a Bible, uh, we keep some on the back cabinets for you. You can steal that. Nobody's going to chase you. I mean, because somebody's running out. We were laughing about that earlier between service, like somebody running out. I got a Bible. I got a Bible. I stole the Bible. It's like, yes, take it. <laughs> We're starting a new series called Relationships, and God laid this on our heart uh, about, about six or eight weeks ago, uh, just that we, we were finishing the book of Luke around Easter, and we, we really just felt a burden that we needed to do a relationship series because, uh, let's face it, relationships are difficult, right? Um, because people are difficult. And when we look at relationships, um, there's really two ways we can approach that. We can approach that the world's way, or we can approach our relationships God's way. And there's going to be a marked difference in how those relationships are approached. And so I, I want us to spend some time in this series really kind of understanding foundationally how we have real relationships in our life based on God's way and not other, other ways that we've kind of come up and, 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 and just really just end up in some messes in our life because we all carry relationship baggage. We all carry wounds. We carry scars. We carry pain. We carry hurts. We carry all of these things. And God did not design us to do it that way. And in 2 Corinthians, this is kind of the key passage that God showed me to kick off the series 
It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting verse 12, says, Since we have such a hope, we're very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Moses is an Old Testament guy, led the people out of Egypt, um, but their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ it is taken away. So there's a way that we see in lens, in the lens with the world, and it's only removed when, when Christ takes that away. He transforms everything. So when Christ takes that away, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this verse 18 is our key verse for this entire series. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we can look at our relationships through several lenses. We can look at it through a world's view, and that's going to be a veiled lens, and, and it's, it's going to keep us in a pattern and keep us in a routine. And our, our ways of defining love are going to be based on what the world or society or culture says this is what love is. And most of us have a disconnect with love. And what God wants to show us is his real love. It's through Christ, through a relationship with Christ, he removes that veil, and then we are transformed. He changes everything about us. And in that transformation, every relationship is changed. The relationships with God is changed. Our relationships in our marriages. So if it's with, with our spouse, with our kids, with our parents, every relationship, the workplace, and God wants to show us what this real love is, what this love looks like, how this love functions in our life. Because most of us have, have, a, have a skewed definition of love. We'll make love about me. Love becomes selfish. Love becomes self-motivated. Love becomes about getting my needs met. One of the graphics that you're going to see in a couple weeks when we, we teach on commitment is this. There's there's two ways that we, we approach this from the world's way and the God's way. And the, the world's way will say it this way and to get in a relationship is find the right person. Fall in love. And if your needs aren't being met, repeat steps one through three. God's way is going to say it this way. Be the right person. Walk in love. Seek to serve others and meet their needs. If it's not working out for you, repeat steps one through three. You see, God's going to approach it completely different. It's a transformed view of how we approach our relationships, how we approach love, how we approach every relationship in our life. And God shows us this model for the love. The love that we see it in John 3, 16, famous verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God is, is loving us so much that, that he's moving in this. And we begin to, to start to wrestle with, with God. And we start to think about this definition of love and, and understanding God's love. And most of us have not experienced a love like this before. We've heard about this love. Somebody's loved us enough to tell us about God. Somebody's loved us enough to say there's a, there's a different way of doing things. There's a different way that, that is not going to be the same pattern that we keep repeating over and over and over. God has a different way because he loves you. 
And most of us have a hard time understanding God's love because we haven't fully experienced God's love. And to understand God's love, we need to, we need to recognize some things just from this verse that we see. I mean, that, that we can preach the entire gospel off of this one verse. And we see that God's love is unconditional. Most of us are in environments where we've experienced love or we've given love where we've set these conditions on love. I will love you if you meet my needs. I will love you if you keep me secure. I will love you if you do this. But God's love is unconditional. That's, that's the first blank, unconditional. God says, I love you. Not, I love you when you do this. I love you if you do this. I love you. And God's love moved him to an action because love, God's love is sacrificial. God says, I loved you so much that I gave my best. I sent my son. My son paid the sacrifice for your sin and I've given my best for you. God's love is sacrificial. When we love, it's gonna cost us to sacrifice. When we love deeply, we sacrifice deeply. And we need to see that God's love is marked by his unconditional love and his sacrificial love. The third thing is this, God's love is personable. God gave his son. God's love isn't just some idea. It's not some theory. It's not some thing that floats out there. God's love was manifest to us in a person named Jesus Christ. That God loved us so much. Jesus, being fully God, wrapped himself in flesh and came to earth. And he, he modeled God's love. He revealed God's love to us. That when we think of God's love, we think of the person, Jesus, who transforms us. It is only through Christ that the veil is removed. It is only through Jesus that we receive the transformation to see our relationships different. And God's love is acceptable. That it, it, it's, it's presented to us, it's pleasing, and it changes everything. Most of us uh, have these wounds that we begin to create an identity out of these wounds. Or maybe you've been, you've been just hurt in the past, and maybe the cycle of your relationships is abuse after abuse after abuse. And you start to think, this is the only thing I'm worthy of. Or some people say, I'm just unlovable. I can't love because of how broken I am. I just, I, I, I want to, but I can't love. The acceptable nature of God's love is you can't, but he can through you. We can accept his love to give it. Fifth thing is God's love is accessible. It is available to all who believe which comes back to the unconditional love. God says, I, I love you so much that I gave my son for you, that when you believe, all who believe, all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And we can accept this love into our life. And this love begins to, to change us. And, and so uh, it begins to move past the disconnect of, well, that's not how I grew up. 
I didn't grow up in a family or an environment where, where my parents modeled this kind of love. I didn't see this in my life. I didn't experience this in my life. Well, that's where God can transform. That's where God's power at work in us begins to move. And so you're like, well, I don't even understand what God's love is. Maybe the first step isn't just fully understanding. It's taking a step toward him. It's saying, okay, God, I want to know more about your love. I want to receive this love. I want to be changed by it. I want to be transformed by it. First John chapter 4 gives us a, a very great explanation of John 3.16. First John goes into this and, and really kind of opens it up. It says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Can we agree that it is hard to love other people? I mean, there's some crazy people around us, right? And I don't just mean the other crazy. I mean crazy. I mean crazy. Some of them, you're like, hey, they're in my, my house. And I can't, I, I'm just, I'm locking in with you right now, Pastor Matt, because they're sitting right beside me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> but God loved us. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. God is love. God is love. It's not just God's idea of love. God says, I am love. I'm the origin of love. I am love. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And you think, well, that's, that's great. That's how God loves me. But I can't love like that. Yes, you can. Because verse 19 goes on to say this. We love because he first loved us. We get the capacity to love because he first loved us. So what I have to understand is, so, so the secret of God's love, to have this real love in my life, is this. I've got to be loved by God. I have to allow God's love to work in me. That as I am loved by God, it changes everything. You ever fallen in love? I mean, I mean like, boom, hit the wall, love. Happened to me. Saw this young lady in a church lobby one Sunday night. Didn't even want to go to church on a Sunday night. I mean, it'd be there all the time. Sunday night, after service, standing with my best friend, I looked across the lobby, and I heard the angels singing. <laughs> I can tell you exactly what she was wearing, and I know exactly what she had in her hands. It was a plate of chocolate-covered strawberries. I mean, come on, somebody. <laughs> but the first time she told me she loved me, oh, <laughs> Baby, I could do anything in the world. When we were wrestling with planting a church, and I looked at her and said, honey, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do this. She said, I'm with you. 
And no matter what happens, I love you. And when she said that to me, yeah, let's charge this hill, baby. Let's go. Because when I realize this, that I am loved by her, it changes everything in my life. I mean, I vacuum. <laughs> and I know it's a game, but I'll be pushing that vacuum. She ooh, you look so sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Baby. <laughs> when I finish this, I'm taking out the trash too. <laughs> 30 minutes later, what are you doing? I'm going to vacuum. You just did it. Yeah, but you think I'm sexy when I do it. I'm singing Kenny Chesney. She thinks my vacuum's sexy. <laughs> and when we realize we're love, it leads us to do some crazy things. Last Saturday night, I went and did this for my sweet wife because she said she wanted it. So Friday night, she said, you know what would go great with this meal is just some coconut cream pie. And I know when she says that, it's from her favorite restaurant. It's in downtown. And y'all know, if you don't know me, you know I hate traffic. <laughs> but love will lead us to do some crazy things, right? I'm not saying that to brag on me. She goes, people are going to think you're bragging on yourself. You know what? I want you to know that I love my wife. And I'm willing to drive down in traffic. You know, you know what has saved me? Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's transformed me, and express lanes, baby. <laughs> telling you. But when we realize we're loved, some of you have a hard time being loved by God. Whenever I say God loves you, it's amazing the faces I get, the nonverbal cues I get from this perspective. Because you start thinking there's no way. You've believed somewhere along the way that the enemy's lies to you have become true. Like, there's no way God can love me. No, no, no. God loves you. Unconditionally, sacrificially loves you. And when you realize how much you are loved, it begins to change us. And when we realize how much God loves us, then we can show God's love to others. We love because he first loved us. Let me put it in order. He loved us so that we could love others. If God has so loved us like this, we also ought to love one another, even when they're difficult. The problem is most of us are trying to love through the veil and love without the transformation of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so what happens is we start in our relationships, we start trying to make steps towards them and our first step needs to be towards him. The way I love them is by loving him. The way I love them is receiving love from him. The way I love them is let his love shape everything and the lens with which I see them. And that has to transform everything about my relationship sphere. Because that's real love. And I'm going to give you some, these are easy things. I wrote this for, for me, okay? Because it's got to be easy. I got to remember it, okay? I had to break it down to the lowest level for Matt. So here you go. Let's get practical with this real love. Say it. Just say it. 
I love you. Let's do that together, okay? On one, two, three, I'll go one, two, three, and then you say I love you, right? One, two, three. I love you, I love you too. <laughs> I love you. Say it. Say it. I love saying it to Heather. You know what? I love hearing it. I think I love you are the three most important words in relationship, followed by I'm sorry. (laughs) Or you're right. Those three most important words, I love you, can become the three most dangerous words when it's I love you, but. Because then we've gone into the world's way, and God's love is I love you, unconditional, I love you. I love you. We need to say it. We need to say it a lot. We need to hear it. Whenever Heather and I are on the phone and we're finished conversation, I love you. I love you. I never get tired of saying it because I never get tired of hearing it. I will say it to you. I don't say it to you the same way I say it to her. <laughs> I mean, I look, at, I look at some of the guys, I love you, man. I love you. I love you, brother. Yeah, gotcha. Say it, write it, write it. Man, little notes. You don't have to go spend eight bucks on a card for some company to say it for you. Just get a post-it note, three cents, baby. Write it, I love you. Text it, you know, with your kids, connect with them on their level. Text it to them, use emojis. I was anti-emoji for a long time. Now I've gone in, baby. I I mean, I'm all in. I like texting Heather when she's driving because I know Siri reads it out loud. My favorite, kissy face emoji. Kissy face emoji. You have a new message from Matt Oxley. Kissy face emoji, 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 kissy. And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) Write it out. Give it. Say it, write it, give it. Some of you men just went, oh, wait, wait, love is expensive. Yes, it is. It doesn't have to be extravagant or over-the-top gifts. Give it. Some of the greatest gifts I've received aren't expensive, but it's what they communicated to me. See, what a gift communicates is this. I love you. And I stopped my schedule. I got out of my routine because I thought of you and I wanted to get you something. It's not much, but it's the thought behind it. That I was going about my day and I love you so much that I interrupted my day to express my love for you. I'm giving you my love. Don't replace gift giving with saying I love you. Say it. Let the gift back it up. But we give it. We give this love. God gave love. He gave it. He gave his son. See, love leads us to an action. The action was giving. See, the thing in John 3, 16, it's God so loved us, he gave. So he gives his love through Jesus Christ. He gives his love into our life. And we're to give that love to other people. Don't withhold it. Don't get so to the point where like, I just, I don't think I can love them. Yes, you can, because if your first step is to him, then you can love them. 
When you can receive love from him, you can give love to them. We give it. The fourth thing is we forgive it. If you're going to love deeply, you're going to be required to forgive deeply. Because those that can hurt us the most are those that are the closest to us. And we need the grace for those closest to us. And we said, there's some crazy people and they're hard to love. They're hard to forgive. And when you think about love, you can't think about love and not think about the passage or the chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. Every wedding, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not arrogant. Love does not brag. It does not boast. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Now, why do we have to go there? Why can't we just go on? Like, love never fails. It keeps no record because God's going after the list. Because we all got a list. We can't remember some very great things that have happened in our life because we've used the mind share to remember who wronged us, when it was, the details of the situation, and we spend all of that mind share just staying on our list. And God says, hey, real love keeps no record of the list. Real love doesn't let the offenses build up to create division and ultimately destruction. We can love because he first loved us. We can forgive because he forgave us. Because praise God, he does not keep the list against me. He says, I forgave you, son. Now you forgive. It's hard, yeah. You know why it's hard? Because people are hard. Relationships are hard. But God calls us to walk in real love. And then he says, live it, live it out. Live it out. And God puts people in your path every day. You interact with people I will never get to interact with. And you can show them by your life, by how you stand on a foundation of real love, that your relationships are different than every other relationship on the planet. Why? Because there's transformation. There's, the veil has been lifted. God has transformed your life. Jesus has changed you. And so your relationships are marked. They are different than every other relationship. We don't fit into our culture without just not thinking. We don't just kind of go with the flow with our relationship. God has called us to a different relationship. And that relationship, how we live that out, marks God's love. If our relationships look no different, then how are people going to say, what is it about the love that you have? I want some of that love that you have. If ours is no different, we got nothing to give. We can just give the same cycle that the world is constantly moving to. Or we can break it. And we break it by taking that first step to him. To say, God, I receive your love. I'm asking your love to change me. I want to be loved by you. And that changes everything. There was an experience that I had early in my ministry. 
I just moved from student ministry into adult ministry, and I got a call from a young woman in the church, and she said, Pastor Matt, I know uh, you don't know me very well, and you don't know my grandparents at all, but my grandparents raised me, and my grandfather has died. And we're at the hospital, and I was just going to ask, would you please just come up and pray with us? I said, absolutely. I walk in this hospital room, and there's no machines. that They'd moved all that out. They just said, we just, it's, we just want peace in, the, in this suite. And so I walk in, and, and he's laying in bed, and his wife is laying beside of him. And there's little details that God just helped me remember because this marked me so much that as she's laying in bed beside of him, she's rubbing his hair and she's telling him, I love you. Thank you for being my husband. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for loving me. And she would grab this little Looks like a popsicle stick, but instead of a sucker on the end, it was a triangle, a green triangle sponge. And she was dipping that in ice water, and she was wetting his lips and his tongue. And when he could muster up the strength, he would look at her and go, I love you so much, woman. Thank you. And then she looked at him, and she started singing. And there's only about five of us in the room, and I don't know the songs she's singing, but she's rubbing his hair and singing. And she looks up at us and smiles. And she said, that's our song. And in the conversation in the room, they'd been married over 60 years, 63 years to be exact. And as she's rubbing his hair, she was telling him, I love you. And I just wish we had another tomorrow. That marked me because I made a declaration that day in that hospital room as he drew his last breath and his wife was holding him. That's the love I want. That's the love I want. That's the love that I want my life to be marked by. That when I'm on my deathbed, when I'm laying there, I want Heather laying beside me, rubbing my hair and telling me she loves me. And I want to look at her and I say, woman, I love you with everything I got. Thank you. And I want her to send me home. And I want my life to be marked by that. That's real love. You don't get 63 years without real love. Now, in that 63 years, you're going to have disagreement. You're going to have trial. You're going to have fights. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have financial trouble. You're going to have job change. You're going to have kid problem. You're going to have parent problem. You're going to have health problems. You're going to have trial after trial. But you get to the 63 with real love. By being loved by God and loving someone else the way God loves you. That's real love. That's what I want my life to be marked with. That's the mark of a real relationship and real love that's going to stand the test of time because it's not going to be cyclical and based on me. And the way we do that is we take the first step to him. And we say, God, I receive your love. Show me more of your love. Reveal more of your love in me so that I can love that way. Let me pray for us. Father, I just ask you in this room, I know, I know relationships are hard, 
And I know we all struggle because we are broken people. And when two broken people get in a relationship, it doesn't mean a wholeness. It means two broken people trying to figure this out. And I'm asking you, Father, to step in. I'm asking for people to take the first step to you and you begin to heal wounds in this place. That God, for those hearing this message, you begin to heal wounds with husbands and wives, with mothers and daughters, with mothers and sons, with fathers and daughters, and fathers and sons. I pray that you heal relationships with friends. I pray that you heal wounds in, in our working relationships. That Father, I pray that you are moving right now. The Holy Spirit is here in spirit. Where you are, there is freedom. And so I'm praying right now for freedom from these wounds and abuses and hurts of the past. Father, I'm praying that right now there's a reception for your love, that there are steps being made to you to say, Father, I receive your love. I'm saying yes to your love, and I'm asking you to transform me and change me. Would you heal wounds today and restore relationships? If you're ready to take that first step to God, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I'm gonna pray for you. If you're saying, Matt, I'm ready to receive God's love. I'm ready to be transformed by it and marked by it and my relationships marked by it. I'm receiving that now. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can just put your hand down. Here's what I want you to do. In the quietness of your space, I just want you to pray. I just want you to say, Jesus, I'm taking a step to you. I'm receiving your love. Thank you for loving me. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me. My first step is not to them, it's to you. Jesus, open my life so that I can be fully loved by you. And in that love, let me love others. Let my life be transformed right now. Let my relationships be transformed so that others see what real love looks like by what you've done. For your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at